0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Pastor Joe here. I am excited to be sharing with you this first sermon in a quick two-week series that we are calling Reflections from Two Trees. And we are looking at the context of the two trees that bookend scripture, Uh, the first one in Genesis, the last one in Revelation, and we're using them as starting points to see how we might reflect on this past year, as well as look forward into 2020. 22 Uh, we're drawing from genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 today and looking at how we are invited into what god is already doing and instead of turning away or hiding ourselves from god uh, we are called to turn into god the one who gives us life Uh, check it out Uh, we'll talk to you soon
1: You know, one of my uh, favorite classes in college was creative writing. And it was a requirement uh, in the English department. And I was fortunate enough to study under William Buzz Alexander. Uh, He taught a lot of courses uh, in the English department, including creative writing. But what he was most known for was leading the fight in the department requiring all English majors to study literature by people of color, by women, by authors from other ethnic groups, And he also founded what was called the Prison Creative Arts Project. This trained thousands of students and teachers, activists, and incarcerated people to illuminate and work to end mass incarceration, especially through the written word. I remember it was one of our last classes of the semester and he had invited a friend of his who was formerly incarcerated to come and talk about the power of writing and they had this discussion in front of all of us. They were sharing about the ways that words can change society, how words can impact others and they talked about the ways that words can shape one's own sense of being. Because words, they force you to reflect in ways that you cannot and you do not in your own minds, they said. Seeing it on paper or on the screen before you forces you to reckon with what was once internal, now made known in the universe. And so our last assignment was to write a reflection on our semester, but from four or five different voices. We, we could choose who they were, It could be a friend or a parent or a boss or whoever, but none of them could be from your own voice. And I remember struggling with this, not because of the assignment itself, but because it created a fuller picture of my identity. I forget everyone I chose, but I I remember a few of them. Uh, One was my parents, one was my best friend, one was the voice of one of the residents on the floor. I was a resident advisor on it. This exercise made me realize some of my strengths and also areas of growth. It, It shaped the narrative around my successes and the things that I wished had gone better. And I wonder, What would happen if we all engaged in this exercise for ourselves personally and also for our church? What would come to light if we were to reflect on the ways we see ourselves and how others see us and then to challenge ourselves to see growth as a process towards a more authentic, better self that leads to the transformation in people, the transformation in relationships, even the transformation in the conditions of our world. As we close out this 2021 and as we look towards 2022, we'll do some of that reflecting this week and next, and and we'll do so in the context of two trees that bookend the Bible. It might feel a little backward, but, but today we'll look at the first tree found in the opening chapters of the Bible as we reflect on this past year. And then next week we'll look at the last tree found in the last chapters of Revelation as we look forward to the year to come. And so today in Genesis, we find that Scripture opens with God creating the heavens and the earth and all that is in it. We're taking on this magnificent, magnificent and beautiful and awe-inspiring journey as God creates the day and the night, sky and land and vegetation of every kind, the sun and the moon and the stars, creatures who fly and who swim and who walk on land, and God creates humankind. And every day, God speaks life, into creation and then declares it good. Even us, God declares humans created in God's own image good. And God commands us to be fruitful and to multiply. And as evening comes on that sixth day, God looks out at everything that God had made. And indeed, it was very good. A few centuries later, a, another group of people would begin to record their own understanding of human existence and their relationship to God, and that story is not as hope-filled as their earlier ancestors. We move into chapters 2 and 3 of Genesis, and we get to this other account of creation, and we find this garden that God plants in Eden. Eden. And in this story, man isn't made in God's image, but rather formed from the dust of the ground. God breathing into man's nostrils the breath of life and placing him in the garden to till and keep it. And God says to this man that he may freely eat of every tree of the garden except from the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. God says, you shall not eat from that tree, for in that day that you eat it, you shall die. And we'll go more into the story of how Adam and Eve meet the serpent and end up eating the fruit from this tree in a different sermon. But for today, I just want to spend a few minutes on how they react to this new found knowledge. Because you see, what's interesting to me about this tree uh, as I was doing my research, as I was doing my reading, I I found that there are some different ways that the word evil or ra is translated and used. We think of evil as morally wicked, which is definitely one way that we can look at it. But but this ra is used also to depict sorrow, pain, harm, and I'd like to think that God knew that by eating of this fruit from the tree of knowledge, that it would bring to the humans a sorrow. For while they say that knowledge is power, they also say that knowledge can bring pain. Necessary, but painful nonetheless. And so Adam and Eve, they eat Of this fruit. And in verse 7, it says, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And then going into verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. When their eyes were opened, when they knew of their vulnerability, when they became aware of their vulnerability, their instinct was to hide from God. And I wonder how often we do the same in our vulnerability, in our inadequacies. In all of our shortcomings, how often do we follow our instinct and hide from, turn away from, the God who gave us life? And I say instinct, but it's deeper than that. The other day, Joanne and I, we uh, watched this powerful Pixar short called Far From the Tree. If you haven't had a chance to see it, I I highly recommend it. it. It follows this raccoon and her cub one day. Uh, mama is protecting the cub, guiding its steps and literally holding the cub back from danger. And as the cub becomes more curious and, and more adventurous, the cub starts to go off on its own. And each time, the mama raccoon brings the cub back to their cave. And each time, she gets angrier and more violent in her actions, trying to convey to her cub the dangers of the world. And one time, the cub finds itself so far away from the cave and confronted by a wolf that mama barely makes it in time to save the cub. And when she does, she berates the cub, even showing the cub her scar and how dangerous this world is. And the scene changes. And that cub is now the mama raccoon leading her own cub through the day protecting the cub, guiding its steps, and literally holding the cub back from danger. And as this cub becomes more curious and more adventurous, the cub starts to go off on its own. And each time, the mama raccoon brings the cub back to the cave. And each time, she gets angrier and more violent in her actions, trying to convey to her cub the dangers of the world until she notices the cub cub is cowering the same way that she did all those years ago. And rather than continuing in her lesson, she decides to break the cycle and teach her cub through love, through partnership, through joy. I think we're conditioned to notice our vulnerability, and rather than turning to God and to one another, we push away, we hide ourselves away, and that needs to change. We've done a lot of great things this past year. We've served and supported our community through this ongoing pandemic. We've hosted events for people to safely gather, like Vacation Bible School and Rock the Knock in the Lot. We provided community and spiritual support with online offerings throughout Lent and, and our contemplative beacon service. We've launched and relaunched ministries, including Bothell Community Kitchen, which is serving once a month now. We, we've updated our building as a response to COVID and to our growing community beyond Puget Sound region but we've also left a lot of opportunities for transformation on the table, untouched, underutilized. How could we have listened more, listened better to our greater community? How could we have been more active and engaged in becoming anti-racist, anti-ableist? How could we have been more loving? How could we have spoken out more? in the halls of power, in our community, to our neighbors against the injustices of our world. You know, and as I was thinking about that assignment from creative writing in college, I was remembering what I wrote from the voice of my best friend at the time. And I still have this in one of my files at home, and and the reflection started with this. It said, Joe's a really good guy. Sometimes arrogant, other times a jerk, but always kind. If only he knew we loved him and are here for him. And then it went on. And I I showed him later on this paper and he said, yeah, I couldn't have said it much better myself. And he would go on to become one of the groomsmen at our wedding. And as we were sitting down at the reception after the ceremony, he, he, he took out a piece of paper and a pen from his uh, pocket, he, he jotted down this note and he slid it over to us and he said, if you need anything, turn around, we're here. I wonder what it is about us that pushes each other away, that pushes God away when we need God most. Rather than taking on shame and guilt, perhaps we might turn in to God, perhaps we might lean on God, lean on one another, lean on the community around us, that we might lean into all that God is doing in our world, that together we might strive towards living into our purpose of becoming Christ in the community as we see our goals come alive transform people, transform relationships, transform conditions, what would it take for us to turn into God that we might actively participate in holy life-transforming work. May it be so. Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for this time together, for an opportunity to be gathered both online and in person. And we thank you for the trust that we have in you. Thank you for never pushing us away. For even in those times when we grow frustrated with ourselves, even in those times when we think we can do it on our own, we thank you for keeping us close and inviting us into holy relationship, holy partnership in all that you are doing in the world. Give us strength and the boldness and the courage to be your people. For it is in your holy name that we pray.
0: Amen. All right, so that was our first sermon of this quick two week. Uh, reflections from two trees. Uh, Next week, uh, we'll be looking at Revelation 22, the last tree uh, in the Bible, and using that as a jumping off point uh, to look ahead to what 2022 might have in store for us. I hope you have a wonderful week, a happy, happy new year uh, with loved ones, and uh, looking forward to connecting with you again in the new year. Talk to you soon.